Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Gavin Buckland, Sam Carroll and Adam Jones to chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. We will be reflecting, I'm afraid, on the first defeat of the season, 2-0 loss at Villa Park on Friday night. We will then move on to even more bad news, Jean-Philippe Gabamin. His injury is obviously worse than first feared. He looks to be out for at least two months, perhaps longer, and we'll be discussing his his absence uh, and what it means for Marco Silva. And then, of course, this is the pre-Lincoln podcast, the Blues travel to St. Bank tomorrow night for the League Cup. And I'll be asking the panel what team they would pick and what team they think Marco Silva will pick. And I suspect we may get different answers. Um, Adam, it felt like to me on Friday night as, as, we, as we came out the ground and, and, and drove home, it just sensed to me like, the, the feeling and the and the word f- for all Evertonians was just disappointment. Mm. Did you agree that that was the overriding feeling? Yeah, because it's not the kind of performance that we've been used to seeing from a Marco Silva Everton team, especially over you know the last few months when they've been putting in some really good performances. You know, especially in those home games that we all know about by now. But yeah, it, it just seemed you know it started the game fairly well. First mm. ten fifteen minutes created a couple of half chances. Maybe if the delivery from out wide was a little bit better, might have uh, created a few more goal scoring opportunities in those opening stages. But once Villa started to get the crowd behind them a little bit more after that fifteen minute mark, you know they took the lead. After that point, it just never really looked like Everton were gonna get back into it. Like Villa were winning. All the battles across the pitch, Everton looked just a little bit lackluster, a little bit tired almost uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, obviously, we've got to talk about, you know, the kind of glare and misses that Calvert-Lewin and Walcott had. And, you know, if they either managed to put them in the back of the net, you know, you'd expect eight, nine times out of ten, they probably would put them in the back of the net. Uh, you know, it could have been a, a very, very different story. But I think go, judging by the performance as a whole, I don't think Everton deserved anything anything better than a 2-0 defeat and I think that, that'll that be probably the most disappointing thing the fans had going home after that one um, Gavin, Sam uh, I want to ask you sort of both pick up on this since the start of pre-season 10 games including into the new season four goals scored is the issue that we don't have requisite strikers to finish the chances or is the issue we're not creating enough chances or both or we are creating chances but we're not finishing them off Uh 33 attempts on goal, I think, in the first uh, three matches this season for, for one goal. How many shots on target? What, I think six? it's six. <laughs> that's like, that's a that, that ratio of... So, so are, we cre- are we not creating, so are we we're creating enough chances, but are we creating enough of the right chances? Well, probably, yeah, that's a good point. Probably a bit of both. Um, but any any stats that says one shot one goal from 33 attempts on goal is you know is damning really isn't it of of our finishing um but when 
we're not at the same time we're not really creating enough chances as just six on target. So primarily for me that's the main issue for us. Um how we address that. Well, I mean, I think you saw in maybe the last ten minutes and fifteen minutes on, on Friday night how we how we think that's gonna shape for the next day. Uh, maybe from the international break onwards that we're gonna have maybe a slightly different different personnel um up front and I think uh that's the way forward for me. It's quite clear that whatever we're doing at the moment is not working. Sam, Park Lincoln and, and tomorrow night for, for the time being, but looking, as Gav says, beyond and, and perhaps after the international break, do you agree that the the way we finish the game, maybe in shape and personnel, is a little bit more of a, an indication and a window into what we'll see past, you know, into September after the international break and from maybe from Bournemouth onwards, is that going to be more of, of what Marco will use in terms of the people and and, and the shape? Yeah, I think it probably could be, couldn't it? But I think, you know, it's it was a, it was a big chance for, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the first maybe three games of the season. And he hasn't really covered himself in glory, especially with that Aston Villa miss. So now, you know, it's, it's more if, not when, Moise Keane. Start and get in, get into the team. You know he he's looked really good against Watford and Aston Villa. I think, um, you know Awobi as well was kind of. I think a lot of people was was surprised by how good he was when he he came on against Aston Villa, wasn't he? He was direct and he was powerful and gave us something that the Gilfie Sigurdsson definitely hadn't given us certainly in that game and probably for for most of this season. So I think that I think Adam wrote it yesterday. That's became a, a, a battle now that we probably didn't expect to have. A couple of hours before the transfer the transfer window closed, to have a Wobi and Sigurdsson competing for that space, and obviously a Wobi can can do it out wide as well. I think it's, it's difficult really to to think the three games in none of the attacking players have really impressed at all. You know, I think Bernard against Watford, okay, was was pretty decent and, and scored that good individual goal, but no one's really grabbed a shirt by the scruff of its neck yet. Not even Richarlison, who, who I think is still one of the the best kind of prospects in the Premier League. He hasn't really, you know, but he's only a young lad who's, who's probably knackered from a summer of football. So, yeah, it's just it's just a bit depressing, really, to, no, to think about. I, I don't, I'm not sure what it's depressing. We've got we've got options got there, options, haven't we? So I think I think if we didn't have the options, we said on the I last think, podcast, uh, I think that would be the issue. But I think we have got options there that I can see us improving mm. our firepower up front. I think I think I'm not sure about Richarlison on the right. I think he's far better on the left for me. Even the way he finished last season. On yeah, the right. yeah. I just think he's far better on the left. It's interesting we said about Wolby. I think Brands has made it quite clear, hasn't he? In a couple of times that I've heard him speak, and and felt, I think you alluded to this when the Alan Myers podcast is that he sees Wolby as competition for Sigurdsson. Yes. You know, which I think is a really interesting, really interesting uh, point, because I think Sigurdsson maybe maybe one or one or two players over the last season who's maybe 18 months even, whose place has really been set in stone, has not really had the challenger. And I think now, quite likely, given his poor start of the season, quite likely think people are questioning that assumption. And and I think I'm not pessimistic about it at all, but because I think it can be addressed with the right personnel in the, in the, in the, in the right pattern. And that includes a Wolby, Keane, the Charleston playing in his correct position, I think, mm. and a another um, and whether we spoke in Friday during the game, or I think at half time, but whether four three, whether Sigurdsson, if you take him out the team, do you, do you have to play four three three then? Just like at the best yeah. out of Gomez, and what that formation will be then? Is it will be then a striker 
in a four three three or is it a midfielder in a four three three, you know. So I think we've got we've got options there. So it's not not the end of the world, but we need to improve certainly up the last final third and what we have done the first three games of this season. I think it- and, and sorry, I'm pre-season as well. That's stamming as well, isn't it? That's that. And that's so. Before yeah. Sam, Sam um, speaks, it was, it was clearly a concern for the manager in pre-season. Even in pre-season, after the Mines games, in his post-match interview with us, he was, he, you know, he went on that kind of wasn't a rant or anything, but it was very much a sort of pointed plea to the board to hurry up and get forward players in because he said we haven't scored enough goals, and even even at that point in pre-season, and all the caveats that go mm. with that even he recognised that there was going to be a struggle ahead. I think it was like what we said on, on the podcast last week, wasn't it? That, you know, it will take a little bit of time to gel. It might take us a little bit of time. You know, you, you can't just put two new attacking players into a system and expect it to come to light, life straight away. But it can't take as much time as, as last season. And even now, I think it's frustrating to go to Aston Villa, who, OK, are more decent than I think some people might have expected and, and did managed the game quite well I think but you know the, the chances we had should have been put away at the end of the day shouldn't they you know mo- most teams would score the the chance Calvert-Lewin had most teams would probably score the chance Theo Walcott had and then you get a little bit of misfortune when Awobi hits the post and you know you've seen them going off the back of the keeper's head or, or, or going off the post and it came straight back out but I, I just don't think you know that stat is your same four goals from however many matches we've ten, played yeah. from ten you know, it can't go on. You know, we're, we're going to play a Wolves team who, who are a, a good team, who are our challenger. Yeah. But the way the Premier League started, you know, you look at Burnley, got a point at Wolves. Man United getting beat at home by Crystal Palace. Chelsea have lost a couple. Well, Chelsea have lost the game and got taken all the way by Norwich. It's, again, it, it's, we've said it all, but the, the Premier League's wide open and, and we'll miss a chance this season if we don't take it through our own kind of profligate finishing. As somebody said to me... Um on, on Saturday morning. They weren't at the game, but they'd watched it. And they said, as well as the other problems that we highlighted, you know, getting ourselves in the position where we would go behind, um, players sort of going in on, in on themselves for, for a period after the goal. But what this person said to me was, they felt we didn't have any belief we were going to score. And mm. they, they felt that that was just clear. And that there was no there was nobody there on the pitch that, that was giving off that authority and that kind of belief. We'll unlock this defence. Give it time. We'll do it. I don't know. Did you have you reflected like that, or do you think that's that's a wrong assessment of how of what we're like in terms of our attacking options? Do we have that? I think in general that was probably completely right. I think in terms of the starting players, definitely. I think that's right. I think the only two players who sort of defied that belief were Keane and Awobi when they came on, you know, because, you know, as the lads have said, you know, they came on instantly looking to be direct, you know, especially Keane, whenever he got the ball, he just looked like he was instantly trying to beat his man and then get a shot away or cross it to the back post for Walcott. Raw kind of almost... Schoolyard type. That's it. It, it, It's that sort of like no fear attitude that, you know, maybe Richarlison had that towards the start of last season, you know, when we saw him scoring that really good goal against Wolves on the opening day, cutting him from that left hand side. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that. What what are we waiting for? Let's get it done. Well, that's the kind of vibe that Keane was giving off to me when he came off the bench against Villa. So I, I, I think once we start seeing them from the start, then maybe we'll start to see a bit of a shift in that attitude. Maybe yeah. we'll start to see Richarlison be a bit more adventurous, get get more into that mindset. But 
I think, yeah, I, w- I would completely agree. There was a bit of a lack of belief. I think, you know, when you look back at the Calvert-Lewin and Walcott chances, did they ever think that they were going to put the ball in the back of the net? Probably not. There were a few times in the first half where I thought Bernard probably looked our most dangerous player in the first half, but they, there was times when he'd pick up the ball on the left flank and the amount of times he'd try and twist and turn yes. before, you know, trying to get a crossaway or trying to get a shot in. It, like, it, it just looked like he didn't believe that he was either going to be able to find a teammate or be able to trouble the goalkeeper, mm. which is really weird from a player who'd, you know, done so well in taking an individual goal against Watford just yes. a, a game previously. So I think that will be a concern for Silver. But as I say, once we start seeing the likes of Keane and Awobi starting games, then I think hopefully we'll start to see a shift in that mentality. Gav, you, you, you look like you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was going to... Uh, yeah, well, that's what we said after Crystal Palace. He did the same at Crystal Palace, didn't he, Bernard? He had, he had a lot of the ball, but actually he had too many touches, mm. you know. And picking up on, on, on Sam's point as well, that's spot on, isn't it? Disappointment because... You know, we lost at the weekend. Arsenal, Man United, Spurs. Wolves drop points. You know, mm. teams that we're competing in. Well, we are competing with the top six for two. And, you know, and I think there's, there's 10 teams on four points. Mm. Only, was it only two, two, three teams? One, two of the first three matches. So the ample opportunity there on Villa on Saturday, on Friday to make a statement, isn't it? I mean, missed it. And we're not going to get many opportunities like that this season. And uh, that if you're going to finish in the top six, you've got to win. On, on Friday and we didn't and that we said about disappointment that is the disappointment for me um, you know which wasn't necessarily there on Friday it's the fact the results that mm. that went came after us made that sort of um, that disappointment and being infuriated with the performance even worse for me um, Sam this is just something that I've, I've sort of I can't back up I haven't looked at the stats or the heat map type things but I, I, the feeling I get from the first three games this season, is that Richarlison is becoming more of a marked man in terms of, I feel teams are almost doubling up on him now, probably based on what happened last season. I don't know if you agree, and do you feel that actually that's perhaps partly down to the why we're not seeing the Richarlison we knew? Yeah. And do you think, sorry, on on that, do you think that the inclusion of of Moise Keane playing the way Adam described there, it will be on the other flank, actually... Is probably what Richarlison's crying out for to alleviate some of that pressure and, and bring up some space for him. Yeah, definitely that's the case, and you know I think that's probably maybe what, like what Gav's saying, what you maybe lose from having them on the right instead of left. You know, you think back to that opening day last season against Wolves when he just had that moment, didn't he? When we were down to ten men and he didn't even cut inside, really, he just killed it into the into the far corner. You know, maybe you do lose that little bit of unpredictability from him when he's on the right because you know even if he does beat a man, you're probably looking for more you know, a cross shot across the box or, or trying to maybe angle it for a shot which 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 won't always present itself to to, to you. But then I, I do definitely think that those new players coming in, especially what they offer in terms of pace and power, will offer up more options for Richarlison, you know, and I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I still think and there was it was the same at times last season. I think you can almost expect too much from him because he is still 21, 22. 22, yeah, yeah. You know, he's just played at the Copa America and, you know, helped Brazil win that tournament, you know, and I still think that, apart from Lucas Dean last season, I still think he was the standout player and, and for a lad who came, you know, with so much talk, not just kind of locally, but in, in the national media as well about how much we'd paid for him. And I think with him, you've just got to be patient. It just, you know? just feel like the opening three games have basically been summarised for Richarlison. 
He gets the ball on the right-hand side. He can't go to the byline. He cuts inside and gets 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 manoeuvred out of the game or loses it and yeah. then gets frustrated and then gets taken off. Yeah, and I think it was the same at times last season as well, wasn't it? I think there was times when he was centre-forward that I think he got a little bit frustrated. Mm. And, you know, it's just a learning curve with him. I think you've, you've got to expect with him more dips in form than you probably would want to see with other players just because... He, he is learning stuff, but I, I do genuinely think that he will eventually spark into life. And I think what we've seen from the from the back end of him last season, you know, he, he's a dangerous player, and, oh, yeah. and he and he will be, he will be that forever. You know, I think he's got a, a special relationship with with Marco Silva, and you know, the, the manager obviously trusts him, and he, and he still is one of the first names on the team sheet. But you, you do like to think that, you know, and I think we we've all said it to each other in here before that. I think the problem Everton's attacking three has sometimes is, is it's static. You know, you watch other yeah. teams and they're constantly kind of switching mm. positions and, and there's fluid runs and, you know, the, obviously the midfield works to kind of create space. But but with Everton, most of the time, you kind of see your right mid on the right, your left left and, and the striker. And it's almost like they're just waiting for chances to present themselves to them. And it's, it's a dangerous game to be playing when you're not even then putting those chances away when they do fall yeah. to you because that's what happened against Villa. We got from maybe like a, a, an individual brilliance from Moise Keane. You know, we had the Walcott chance and, you know, Calvert-Lewin had his chance and, and we didn't take that. So I, I do genuinely think that's why Brands and Silver are signing these players like Awobi, like Keane, like Richarlison, because they, they can play across a, yeah. a front line and they can kind of swap and change roles. But, you know, that has to start coming to fruition sooner rather than later because when you do play your Manchester Cities and your Liverpools, you've got world-class Defenders, you're not going to break them down, and and that's what we need. And we certainly need to start freeing up space for a Charleston because he's our best attacking player at the moment. Okay, moving on from Villa. Well, slightly moving on from Villa. Uh, what on Friday had started as rumours and suggestion, moved on to him not being on the bus, not being in the team sheet, to the club saying he had a muscle injury. Fast forward a couple of days, it would appear Jean Philippe Gabamin could be out anywhere between. Eight weeks, three months, we will see. Football club also not ruling out surgery at this stage. Who wants to pick this one up? It's hugely disappointing, hugely frustrating for the manager and the player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be most frustrating for the player, to be honest. Uh, he won't, like, we've discussed this on the pod before, like, in the first few pods of the season, he won't have expected to be given his debut against Crystal Palace. He was thrust in there in a position that he probably wasn't isn't going to be expected to play a lot throughout his Everton career like you know coming on in, instead of Andre Gomez rather than maybe replacing Morgan Schneiderlin and uh, you know he got through that test uh, played much better against Watford when he was actually in his you know preferred role I think it looked like he was really starting to find his feet and you know to have this sort of to have this sort of injury so early in your Everton career it's just it it will just be really devastating for him, you know, a young lad who's just been trying to, if if anything else, just make friends with his teammates, uh, try and learn the way they play, try and get himself up to full fitness, and you know, it's it's a huge setback for him, and it's going to be a massive test to see how quickly and easily he can bounce back from this, because you know, he Everton have spent a lot of money on him. You know, he's a real, real exciting talent. Looks like he's got all the attributes to be able to succeed in the Premier League. It's just, yeah, you'd really much rather that he was, he was here and available. Uh, sitting on the sidelines for two months is just isn't going to help him. Minimum of two months, even isn't yeah. it? I mean, surgery. I mean, 
Maybe talking to anybody before he's fully fit, really, if, if you think he, about it. If that's, the road, if that's the road the club do go yeah. down and, and they're obviously weighing that up yeah. as they seek um, expert advice from the continent, yeah. so that's how sort of... That yeah. gives you an indication of, A, this, the severity perhaps, and B, perhaps how complex and maybe how much of a... A, a balancing act this has to be do, yeah. you know do they plough on and not go with surgery and get him back sooner or do they think actually we need to get him yeah right and accept mm. that it could be as you say Gab. January yeah I mean intensity where they do is rehabilitation as well because I mean young lads coming over here you know you better you, you, you return you know because if you if you start a club and get injured straight away it becomes a very difficult Time and to get back into the swing of things, Adam was saying. You've got, you know, you you sort of doesn't come back till January. He's, he's six months behind the such, isn't mm. he? Really, Andre Gomez been, stayed, didn't he? Yeah, he's a bit older, though, wasn't he? Gomez, yeah. and he's a bit more, you know, miles under the the clock, as mm. it were, like and on the clock in terms of where he played and stuff. Slightly different, but um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how that that pans out. And I think it's taken care of him physically, but the mental side of it as well, isn't it? Is it like it is going to be a challenge, isn't it? Really. In terms of him being isolated, well, yeah, in, in, in want of a better phrase, yeah, he's a young lad. He's over here, like potential to be isolated. I'm not sure he won't be, but how he feels about things, and I think that's going to be just as big a challenge as the the physical side for, mm. for me. And it'd be it'd be interesting to see how the club play that because I think they've got to be quite sensitive to to you know his position really. And I think it's an awful shame because based on a short midfield on Friday, we'd actually do with a yeah. fresh set of legs in there. To be fair. Having said that, there's opportunities then available, isn't it, to Tom Davis for a start. Um, Delf obviously was always going to be there or thereabouts, so it does present an opportunity. But based on what I saw on Friday, and the more options we have in midfield, the better. And I think it's a terrible, uh, terrible loss for us, and, and, and feel sorry for the player. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And Sam, the injury picked up. Whilst he was taking a shot in training, which so is just, bizarre, just frustrate. It just adds to the frust- frustration, no doubt for him. It does for us, and so unfortunate in that respect. It's like what we said before Aston Villa, isn't it? Like that, you know, if we got beat, it'll be a bit Everton that after the start of the season, and you get beat two 0 and you mean your new twenty five million pound midfielder does his his quad having a shot in training, so <laughs> Everton that, I suppose. <laughs> but at the same time. You know, we're in probably a quite unique situation as, as Everton fans because, you know, certainly when, when me and you were growing up, Adam, it was always, you know, if Arteta or Kale got injured, it was close to ruining the entire season. You know, we, we do have options. Uh, the club quite obviously have got a lot of confidence in Tom Davis, giving him a, a new contract last year and he, and he was captain as well sometimes. So, you know, massive opportunity for him. Um, Morgan Schneidlin as well, you know, has, has looked okay. I didn't think he was particularly impressive against Aston Villa, but, you know, another chance for him to, to, to kind of repair those bridges that were seemingly burned beyond repair in that Cooman and, and Sam Allardyce season. So, you know, it's not the end of the world, but as Gav says, you know, it would have been great to have Gabamon. You know, I was I was generally excited to see him play against Aston Villa because it seemed like he'd built upon a shaky start at Crystal Palace, you know, a decent but shaky start at Crystal Palace. So it's, it's going to be a big loss. And these first two months was obviously when we wanted to get him up to speed. And, you know, with these um, kind of foreign players, you know, never nice to use the example, but, you know, you look across the park and, you know, that Fabinho didn't look great when he first started and now has become, you know, a, an integral part of the way Liverpool play. And I think Gabamon certainly physically has got kind of similar um, 
attributes to him in terms of you know what how he looks to kind of win the ball back and, and recycle possession. So it's just gutting really, and I think you know you, you have to restart all that all over again when he comes back. You know, even if it is six weeks minimum, eight weeks minimum, it's not, is it? Because you need to be eased back in and probably play yeah. under twenty threes, and then you probably you know it's almost like a, a, a signing them all over again because he's going to have missed out on all those games and, and come back in a, in a difficult run of fixtures as well. You know, not to say that this couldn't run isn't, but. You know, it would have been nice to kind of get minutes at Sheffield United, the home, and and things like that. So, you know, it's it's difficult and it's and it's a blow. And you know, considering how we were talking when we had the last podcast four or five days ago, you know, it all did seem quite happy. And now it just feels a little bit like we need to get certainly a win against Lincoln and, and definitely against Wolves now to just kind of maybe ease out the little kind of nagging fears that are starting to come in and. And you'd really now like to, to see your, your likes of Tom Davis, your Andre Gomez, your Morgan Schnadlins, you know, look, look like they've got a bit of responsibility and, and look like they've got a bit of bottle about them to kind of replace Gabam and, and show why, you know, we, we've put so much faith in, in different ways in all three of them. Sam neatly brings us on to Lincoln, therefore mentioning how we would hope, we had been hoping maybe to see more of Jean-Philippe, but unfortunately we won't. Um, so two segments to the Lincoln preview element of this pod. The first is, I will ask the panel um, to give me how they would select the team, what team they would go, what shape they would go. And then the second part, as previously mentioned, I'll ask them how they think Marco Silva will pick the team. Add, um, give us quickly an idea of what you, what sort of team you would pick for tomorrow night. Uh, well, I'd, I'd start Pickford in goal. Uh, if there's any doubt at all about Lursel's fitness, I don't think he'll be involved in the squad. And I'm not sure Martin Stecklenberg at the start of this season will have really expected many minutes at all this season. So I don't think he's got any right to expect to be in the squad for a cup game. So I would just take no risks and put Pickford in. You know, if Pickford can't play Friday, Wednesday, Sunday, then we've got a bit of a problem, really. So I'd play Pickford. Uh, I'd keep the two centre-backs in for quite, quite the same reasons. I don't think there's any need to take any risks of maybe a potential cup exit by switching them round. I'd switch the full-backs round, though. Uh, I'd give Sidibe his yeah. first chance because, you know, he's been fit and, you know, if he's not going to play in a game like this, then it, he's going to find it really hard to oust, you know, the yeah. club captain in that position. Uh, Leighton Baines deserves a chance. Uh, he, he's probably in a similar sort of position. He's never going to oust Dean for a Premier League game unless there's an injury involved. Yeah. So I'd give him his chance. Or even uh, the Martiners holding midfield role. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd go Delph and Gomez in midfield as a two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing as a two in pre-season. They started, they started looking like they were doing all right as a as a little pairing for some of those games. So I'd give them a go again. Uh, Bernard and Richarlison on the wings again, take no chances, and then it will be in behind Keane. Right. Uh, like I really, I really think their impact coming off the bench against Villa was so good that I'd love to see that from the start this time even if it they only get an hour or so yeah like I'd rather have them on for an hour or so and you know try and get us two three nil up than you know them coming on and maybe us them we need them to score a goal to potentially take us through or try and keep us in the game or whatever so yeah I'd, I'd just take no take take no risks and just go go fully for it so, Sam, Adam has gone strong, although not quite as the strongest 11 available, but still nevertheless strong. What would your 11 be? Um, Lossel, if he's fit, if not Pickford. 
Sidibi? Sidibi? Sidibi, yeah. Sidibi. Keen, Mina, Baines, Delph, and Gomez, yeah. Awobi in the 10. Richarlison, um, Keen up front, and. Bernard, yeah. So, so the, the exact the same, same team. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the exact same yeah, team? Yeah, the exact same okay. team, yeah. <laughs> but I think Silver will st- I think Walcott will start on one of the wings. Um, I think that, I even think Sigurdsson could start, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I, I think maybe Awobi on one of the wings, but I think I'd expect Awobi and, and Keane to, to both start. Yeah. Um, it might even come too soon for Delft, couldn't it? You know, would Silver think... Is there any point in them pulling up in in a Lincoln League Cup game? You know, you know the surface isn't going to be great by any means, and you know, so I, I don't think that t- that team will play as much as I'd like it to. Mm. Gav, are we going to complete the hat trick? No, uh, no, no. I'd probably get a couple of man roll stations. I think. Um, I think that Michael, Ke- Michael Keane right back. Right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I think you got to play. You got to play your strongest keeper, haven't you? Mm. You got to play your strongest keeper. I mean, I'd play and agreed the back four. I'd, I'd play Snyderlin and Delph. I'd like to see that okay. as a midfield partnership. Uh, I'd like to rest with Charlison. Yeah. For the reasons as we've just spoken about here, a lot of football. Um, I think he probably just needs a little bit of a break. I know that's mad, mad as it sounds, three, yeah, three yeah, games yeah. into the season. Uh, but that means, well, he can do several things here. Um, you could have, I, I think he ends up playing Walcott right, Bernard left, and then I agree with the Wobie and, and Keane and, and that, that sort of middle, okay. middle two. So what do we think the manager will play then? How What differences from the, from the three teams there do you think? Do we think we'll see Holgate? <sighs> To be honest, yeah, 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 limited yeah, yeah, I, I think I think Keen Keen drops out and Holgate plays. Yeah. Hol, Holgate and Mina is a Mina stays pen. in for rhythm, focus, yeah. keeps him. He's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's a nightmare game to start Holgate in. I think I remember the West Ham game last season, and I was probably unfair to kind of judge him on that because you know from what I've seen of him at right back at West Brom, he was really really good. But you know, on out of which that day just bullied him, and I think. That that these games, you know, it's massive for no no disrespect, but it is massive for for a club like Lincoln. And I just think what manager and what players aren't going to be saying, get the ball and stick it on that lad's head, mm. stick it on Holgate, go and stand on Holgate, put everything on him, you know, and, and then it becomes uncomfortable for for whoever plays beside him because if Mina or Keane sees he's getting overloaded, you can almost stop, forget to do your own job because you, you're trying to look after this this young lad. And you know, maybe Mason does need games like this to kind of strengthen himself and. And to develop as the centre after I think he wants to be, I think it is his, his preferred position. But I, I do think it'll be a, a difficult one for it's him to come into. That, isn't it? I, was, yeah. I was just going to say, Gav, do we sometimes run the risk of getting um, not wound up necessarily, but too in, in, involved and engulfed in this being league cup away against lower league opposition? Oh, it's all going to go wrong. We can't possibly <laughs> play anybody else. In fact, yeah, 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 let's yeah, just look that. at it. You know, let's strip it away. With the yeah. greatest respect to Lincoln, they're playing in League One, having played in League Two last season. Surely Mason Holgate can have a, a, a do a, a, a fine stand-up it, it, it's, job. It's slightly, it's slightly worrying that we're saying our third choice centre half. 
would, would you know don't play him against Lincoln but he might struggle but I mean Mason's got a hell of a lot of Premier League experience he's played FA Cup at Anfield you know like if we talk about pressure so I've not got a problem I, I, but I still think what Sam saying does stand you know uh, is true to a degree that there are still still weaknesses there that is mm. a bit worrying if he's out there choice centre half um, and interesting you alluded to I think it was earlier on the week felt about your like sort of um, not say difficult conversation with Marco where Marco was a bit yeah. prickly over the Southampton lineup last yeah. week yeah. Uh, last year about yeah. the uh, you know it, he said about feeling a weakened team he said that's not a weakened team yeah. they're all in the first yes. team squad yes. yeah. which I think is really fascinating about how we will present the team tomorrow I don't think it's like that a manager should feel pressurised by supporters in, into picking and I can assure pick, you he won't be he won't be he, yeah so I think we all need to realise that for everybody everybody says you've got to pick your first team the manager will not be influenced by that so in, in terms of picking the team tomorrow I think it, there may be a couple of people on the margins who may get a game I think if you've not mentioned Tom Davis have a year not mentioned Ma- Mason you may want to choose to give game time to people bear in mind Gabamon is out Uma uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jake might play. Yeah, yeah. You know, he may, he may just say, j- just to prove a point. Sometimes, sometimes managers do. Can you? That, can you do? Is it a, a rather dodgy game to try and make points in a league cup game? I'm or? not prove a point, but like, not. I'm not going to pick my best team because supposers say should pick me best yeah, and team. I don't, think, make a ch- and I don't think he. He's would. not going to go to the end degree and pick yeah. another twenty. I'm just more surprised you didn't have like Morales on the left and Balassi on the right in yeah, your team. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't say that. But I'm saying what Marco might do in answer to Phil's question is actually he may he may put two or three sort of people on the periphery more. Yeah. In, in the line of them, what we've said, the collectively is a three. Would we have any concerns? I'm just purely playing devil's advocate for the, you know, in the interest of a discussion. Would we have any concerns at, at having a right-sided defensive partnership that had never played together in Sidibe and Holgate? Sidibe, tons of experience, lifted the World Cup for crying out loud. Holgate, we've just said why we think actually he's got a lot of potential, a lot of Premier League experience, but they never played together. But if Keane played, then Sidibe and Keane have never played together. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd be too concerned about that. I'd, I'd hope that they've done enough work in training yeah. that, like, he'd just be as comfortable playing next to Holgate as he as he would to get. Well, maybe not as comfortable. I think Keane's a bit more of a leader than Holgate. But yeah. like, I, I think I think they should still be quite comfortable together at this yeah, point. Good points. I think that I think there's an opportunity for Sadibi on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, because I think Seamus is placed under threat. Club heard captain. It, heard it here yeah. first. Mm. I think Colin's not, not, not been okay. decent this season. I, I think he's a yard. I, I think he's a yard off the pace. I thought Dean was a yard off the pace on Friday. By the way, I thought right. he, he looked. He didn't look hundred percent fit. I think. I think. I think in terms of Coleman, he looked fit. Coleman, he had a lot of game time in pre-season because yeah. like, yeah. we, you know, we we only had one right back yeah. for most of the pre-season. I th- like, well, we, it, yeah. it, it, w- it wouldn't be surprising if he was experiencing a little bit of burnout already. Probably. Yeah, so I, I think it might be a, a decent time for Sadibi to come in and take you know a little bit of that pressure off him, really, if nothing was, else. There was a decent delivery, but our delivery from the right isn't great, is it? I no. mean, there was a couple of times it's just chipped in, isn't it? It's been hard at the far post when we got better options. You know, we were talking about chances created and the type of chances we, we create. I think there's an opportunity for Sadibi to, to, to sort of impress on Wednesday um, because we've obviously got you know a, a big game against Wolves who are difficult to play against on the, on the Sunday. So, yeah, I think... It's, it's quite funny, wasn't it? When the draw was made, the first thought wasn't we got Lincoln away. The first thought was amongst every Everton fan was, what is the team we're going to select? I, I, and, and I think I, that, I maintain, yeah, I maintain, yeah. and I put this to Silver, and, and you'll be able to read his stuff in the morning. I maintain that certainly for the manager of Everton Football Club, given the 
drought, if we want to call it. This and the FA Cup third round team selection is the trickiest team selection yeah. and the one that okay. comes under most scrutiny. Forget the derby, forget yeah. this tomorrow night. Yeah. It's, it's mm. interesting. I think it's been, it's been heaped with more pressure as well because of kind of the fallout from Southampton last season. You know, mm. things did really get quite angry, didn't they? Because we did waste a. I mean, I think it gets kind of overhyped. I think some people do talk about the League Cup, like, you know, people play Mickey Mouse teams yeah, in every really round because it's, yeah. it's not. It's not. <laughs> and by the time the, the problem, the juxtaposition is with it is that, yeah, okay, your cities and that probably do play weaker teams to begin with but as soon as they get to the quarterfinals and the semi-finals oh, as soon as Wembley comes into sight yeah they're yeah, not going to yeah. turn up to a League Cup final and play the kids are they and I think we've seen that you know Chelsea City in the final last season but you know fans do you know you do get the odd upset you know and you do get the surprise you know I think we had Bradford in the final once a couple of years Swansea, ago yeah. Yeah. Swansea won it Mishu Mishu lifting it um, and so it, it is definitely a chance isn't it but I think that Southampton game last year, do I do remember? You know, it probably and Silver might probably or might have even admitted at the time that it was probably the wrong choice because I think we were on a bit of a we'd started okay in the league and it kind of halted the momentum a little bit. So yeah, I do agree with what you're saying, Phil. It does weirdly come under scrutiny. It's made more complicated by the fact that it's a bit of a decent away away trip. Yeah, this isn't League Two at Goodison, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think we've been quite lucky in recent years, haven't we? We've played like your Stevenages and like your Leighton audience and that at yeah. home in the, mm. at home in the first round. I think what Gav was saying is that and it's it's a weird psychological thing that if you turned up tomorrow at Goodison and Mason Allgate was starting and you know maybe even like a, a like Anthony Gordon was on the bench or something you'd probably think like, yeah fair enough. Mm. But for some reason mm-hmm. the fact that it's at Lincoln just clouds your thinking a little bit because you do kind of think well, if they start putting balls into the box and the crowd gets on the back and the pitch is a bit, a bit naff, then it it does just seem totally. Well, it is. It's a totally different game, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think what's what quarterway kick off tomorrow. Yeah, I think yeah. there'll be a lot of people glued to the phones. Uh, Quarter seven to see Yannis <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Kevin yeah. given the first start oh, of the only, season. Only one, more, only one more sleep till our lineup is announced. <laughs> Lincoln, you know. But, yeah. but I think the other thing about the League Cup is, regardless about whether you get to the final or not. Is you've got to stay in it because it maintains that interest, doesn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're not in Europe, mm-hmm. so it keeps the season going. I mean, it's noticeable, isn't it? That managers now, I think, probably pick stronger teams what they used to Definitely. in the League Cup yeah. because if you're under scrutiny as a manager for results and success, a bit like Marco is, you can't afford to get knocked out the League Cup, and then you're not going to get anywhere in the Premier League, and then you're waiting on the FA Cup in January. So in many, in the strange, it's actually at this stage, it's probably a bigger competition than what it used to be mm. and maybe even bigger than in the stage where the FA Cup and that comes out in January because you can't afford to get knocked out early on because you're going to have a lot you know four months of stick mm. then until the FA Cup starts yeah. so as you know Marco probably it's right isn't it Marco will probably have more thinking time perhaps over this lineup tomorrow than what he will be on any Premier League game this season well I mean I know the psychology of like tournament football is very different than the league and whatever but how many games do you need to win to win the League Cup, five, five in a row, six in a row, maybe, yeah, something like that, and then yeah. you're in Europe next season. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, and that, just, uh, yeah. It, it, when, when, when you look when you look at it like yeah. that, you just think to yourself, "Oh, yeah, that's that's it. That but, is really but, no, easy." That, you but make, like, you make a serious point, though. Yeah. When you look at it like that, why not? Why yeah. even put any element of doubt? Why not just play your strongest possible eleven every yeah. single time? I, I was mm. trying to think when we got there to the semi-finals. We nearly got through to the final, didn't we? In two thousand yeah. sixteen under Roberto, we sort of ghosted into the, oh, the semi-final. Yeah. We do, do we play? We play Middlesbrough, Stevenage, Reading. It was really oh, yeah. like a, a that was like game. Yeah. yeah, 
you know, you know, lower division teams and stuff. And as you say, as you can play three or four games, some of those teams you're playing against have weekend lineups mm. as well. And before you know, you're in the semi final, and it keeps mm. interest going after Christmas. And I think um, for that reason alone, we have to uh, we have we have to have a good run this season, regardless about whether we're uh, we win the cup or not. Um, the, the only the only thing about winning the cup now is you have a look. Yeah, it's, now, it's not a list of nobodies. Nobodies, is it? Is there? I think the last mm. four have, have been top six clubs in both, both you know, run-up and winner. Um, I think there's only two in the 20th century, two of the finals, that have not featured one of the top six clubs. <laughs> and it's more and more likely now that two of them are going to be in the final. So it's a big challenge to get to the final. Um, but just keep us going till after Christmas. Yeah. Look, it's yeah, obviously luck's involved as well, isn't it? Because even years when we've got to, like, you know, I think there was... One of the years when we got to the FA Cup semi-final, we actually did beat a, a couple of good teams to, to get there. I think it was the year when we, beat, when we got to the final, you know, we beat like Liverpool and Manchester United along the way, but then... Villa. Statistically, the hardest run to a final ever yeah. Yeah. In, in, in FA Cup history, that was. But then yeah. it kind of felt like the year when we played, when we got beat by Man United, was it? I don't think we had that many kind of tough ones along the way to that. So Can't you, you need you need a little bit of, a little bit of luck along the way, but I just think... Weirdly, now this week, I know it sounds ridiculous to be saying it three pre- three weeks into the Premier League season, but I think we just need a little boost again. I think we just need to, to get through this game, get your name, no kind of, as Connor Dunn would say, no dramas. <laughs> get, get your name into the into the hat, you know, just have it out the way. Try, you know, you'd like to think we might get a, a, a kind of kind of Goodison draw for next egg and, and beat and beat Wolves, and then I think we might sit there and be able to say. You know, Aston Villa was a blip, but if we're sitting here this time next week going, bloody yeah. hell, that Lincoln were good, weren't he? <laughs> then it's good. The, the season's got a, a, a totally different com- complexion to it. Really good point, Sam. It's a big, big week for us, this, isn't it? Yeah. If you think about it, yeah. League Cup and then a massive game against Wolves. Just before because, the international break the as well. International break, yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to be going into an international break that early in the season. In the season full of expectation, you don't want to be going on into it into a downer. We've got a couple of couple of people injured as well. We you know, back, so we come back with a trip to Bournemouth. Yeah, which yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a bogey ground for exactly, us, Bournemouth, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But hopefully this this negativity will We're, not transpire and no. it will be fully positive. So before we uh, finish today's podcast, and thank you very much for uh, tuning in, uh, customary prediction time, Adam. Um, what's your prediction for Lincoln City versus Everton in the League Cup? A 3-1 Everton win. Yeah. Like that? Like that very much? I think that's realistic, Sam? 4-0. Oh. 4-0 Everton. Okay. I think we're, we're thinking too much into it. I think, as yeah. you said, League 2 last year. Let's just go. Let's just battle. Let's, let's just do it. <laughs> I, I, that could I'm, be the team talk, to be honest. Lads, let's just battle them. I think the... Marco sometimes just plays the Royal Blue podcast. And people, they just listen to it before games. <laughs> I, I reckon he doesn't. I, 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 I hope he doesn't. I've a nice thought, that wouldn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think we'll win. I, th- I think for two reasons, um, about three, there's not even a better team. Two, I have this mad thing that for in playing a lower division team, in a strange way, they've got more pressure if they play at home. Than playing away when you number big away fans and and there's I think there's a bit, big loads of away fans. There's a lot more expectation when you play at home and I just think that we've got we've got too much for them and I think also as well having played them in the FA Cup, we know a bit more about them than mm. and playing a non-league team normally at this stage of competition that you've never never played or seen really. Yeah. So we'll have all that intelligence in the FA Cup game as well. I know like there's a few changes that have been made, so we'll know a lot more about them. What we did in the FA Cup, but they'll just know about the same about us because they can see us all the time, can't they? So I yeah. think mm. uh, there's a few uh, there's a few advantages that we've got compared to January. 
I think, and I think we should win comfortably 3-0. Yeah, I'm thinking like the, like the Carlisle game that time, wasn't it? Yeah. That was meant to be a bit of a banana skin, and we just bathed them 3-0. That, yeah. that, was the, that was the day after my 50th birthday party, and uh, shall we say... Rough. Uh, well, yeah, I, I managed to get up in time, watched 20 minutes, saw that we were 2 nil up, and I went back to bed <laughs> to, to reappear 24 hours later. And, uh, time, <laughs> so that, that game has been expunged from my life, I've seen nothing about it, you know. Yeah. Very good. Well, no, I agree. I think I think uh, I think the Blues will uh, keep a clean sheet and win two nil, and 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 I wouldn't say breeze through, but comfortably do so, and and and, and calm and allay any nerves that uh, the eighteen hundred fans inside Sinsel Bank will have tomorrow night. So fingers crossed that air of positivity follows the team down and uh, we progress through to the next round of the League Cup Chaps. Thank you very much for your company and thank you very much for listening. Remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Acast app. So please do so. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.